It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Hello and welcome to the Best Supporting After Show, where we continue to clean out on all things Best Supporting Actress, Awards, BSAs of the Week, and who knows what else. I am still Colin. And I am still Nick. And uh, to quote Anne Hathaway, it happened. Or no, it came it true. It came true. <laughs> I'm sure Anne Hathaway said it happened at some point. Oh, God, that's good. That's good. (laughs) But she also said it came true. And what specifically came true? The Oscars on Sunday. Uh, And uh, when I say true, I mean truly boring. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what better way to cover it? You know, a week after at this point, it's Friday. But yeah. I think it's 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 nice we've had time to digest. You know, we're obviously recording it a little bit earlier before that. But, um, yeah, I... Okay, so here's... It, there's, like, so much of this that... um. There's one side of me that, I, like, everyone just shut up, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, at least we got an Oscars and, like, they're doing their best. But, like... The other side of me is like, you know, wants to fully participate in like, you know, the the dissection of like what could have been better and how I would have done it. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But but like the biggest thing about this, like you just said, was like the pacing. Like the there was like a one hour and 15 minute like slump oh, in the boy. middle of it. Oh. Maybe even longer. I, I, I really. What did you think of like how this was done Colin as far as I know I don't know if you watched any like not red carpet it was like red carpet hangout at like a local seemed like a restaurant or something oh a a nearby pizzeria uno yeah Uh, yeah I did not watch the red carpet or the the red hangout but I did watch the ceremony and I actually are you know most of it uh I actually when it started I was like I think I love this I I love that there's a live audience. I love. I love that they figured out how to do that. I think it's all a little bit different. I, I I saw something on Twitter of someone said that like the way like seeing it all in the daytime, it felt like a a, a parent teacher meeting in the school gymnasium, uh, <laughs> which I yeah okay fair enough. Sure, but I was like sure. you know what like I, I, when it get, when it got going, Regina King, all that. I was like I think this could be good. I think this. I think they might have figured something out here. And mm-hmm. I, at first, like, I appreciated, you know, when the first long speech came, I was like, oh, like, I don't have to worry about the director of another year getting played off while he talks about his daughter who died, you know, like, yeah, he can yeah. just finish his speech, you know, and, and it was kind of moving along at a clip. And I was like, OK, they're not going to do any bits. And um, that's fine. And and I thought, you know, it, uh, like the SAGs are kind of like this, right, where it's just like, boom, 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 let's just get these awards out. Oh, I love the SAGs. And it, to me, it felt like instead of the Golden Globes or the Emmys where it's like they were kind of jumping through all these hoops to try to reapproximate, a, you know, the way it used to be, I felt like the Oscars were like, no, we can't do that. We need to do something different. Let's do this instead. 
And then, yeah, like 45 minutes in, I don't know what it was. I don't know at what point it was. It was just like, I realized it's kind of like when you, when you take an edible and then you re- suddenly realize that you're high and then you realize you've been high for like 20 minutes. That was like me realizing I had been playing on my phone for the past 20 minutes and not really watching. And I was like, oh, I, I'm, I've been bored for a while. And yeah, you know, and that's kind of where it went. And, and once best supporting actress was announced, I was like, you know what? I'll catch up on the highlights tomorrow. And, um, yep. said good night, Gracie. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree the whole, like, um, I loved Regina King just sort of like stomping the runway, um, on her entrance and yep. how they sort of listed. Cause the, the whole idea was that they were sort of, was it Steven Soderbergh? Is that who directed like, or like organized all mm-hmm. of this or like, uh, it was his idea to make it a little bit more cinematic. And, um, you know, it was cute that they had like a cast list, uh, you know, starring and all. there was like a screenshot. I feel like it was like, uh, Yu Jung Jung and like, Daniel Kaluuya and like one other random like uh, I don't know like Riz Ahmed or something like that. They were mm-hmm. those three were together and they're like, can someone please make a movie of this like starring right. these three people? It right. was something really cute like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, without even though there was no host, there's always like a host at the beginning. Like she could have very well been the host because she she had to explain so much. She had to say like, this is what we're doing and mm-hmm. this is why we're doing it. And we're following COVID regulations and everyone had a test. And I I get why they did it, but you know, it's fine. You know, like I, we don't need all the fluff, but also she was great. She looked great. And yeah. then it started like going and then they did best supporting actor and I was like, that's weird they didn't do Best Supporting Actress yet. And then they did, like, Best Director so early. Right? Like, or even, like, screenplay started. And I was like, whoa, they're, like, getting into the heavy hitters, sort of. And then it was just a lull. And I, you know, I hate saying, like, I'm not excited about, like, sound mixing, but I'm just not. I, I know those men and women work so hard, and it's it's just as important. However, those are the speeches that sometimes are really great and sometimes can go on and on. And Mm. there were some really great speeches and maybe that was it. If the speeches would have been better or if they would have cut them off. um, Yeah. I was missing something there. It was crazy to think that there was a, that there was an upside to playing people off because yeah, the speeches like, you know, I, I know that Daniel Kaluuya's speech certainly has become a bit viral, and I think that that reaction shot of his mother when he talked about his parents having sex was really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But that was the first time I felt like, oh, this could just, is he just going to filibuster? Like, is this, like, how long yeah. will this go? And, yeah. Like, I want him to have his moment, but, like, you know, uh, I got a bedtime here, folks. It was, it's a weird balance, and, you know, I, I had read, like, some reviews of, you know, like from like folks who'd produced produced it and kind of their takeaways. And they were like, in terms of the order of the of the categories, they wanted to keep people guessing and feeling like, oh, this isn't like what I've seen before. But I think what ended up happening were, was like, well, sure, change things up. But, um, you know, there's there's kind of like, I kind of like that best director comes towards the end. I like that there's a build up to some of those because I don't know, it, it's like the climax of the show. So, um, yeah. It does feel weird sometimes when those like huge, you know, huge, uh, you know, categories kind of come out early and then are just followed by a lot of smaller categories. And uh, yes, it's a ton of work. I I could never do what any of those Oscar winners and nominees did. But Mm -hmm. 
I I wish I wish it was a more interesting hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, I don't know what I guess it's just a matter of looking at I think it honestly just comes down the order of the the awards. I don't know why it felt so long. Yeah. Like I would be interested to compare it to a normal year. Like here's what they switched around. And like was it really as much as I'm making it out to be or was it just like the circumstances or, you know, um I don't know, but like all things uh, aside too, like I thought it was great. It's like I love the the stars sitting at, you know, the fact that Glenn Close was sitting with Daniel Kaluuya and like Viola Davis was sitting with Vanessa Kirby. Like I love this sort of oh, I'm, I get paired with you, isn't that fun sort of mm-hmm. idea. Like, it's just, I love, like, aside seating stuff like that. Like, I would just hope to get someone cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think that there was a lot about this that I think the idea was really was really good, and I think the way they did it overall, it was kind of, it was a cool production. And it just, yeah, nobody asked me, but it's like I would have loved to see clips of each of the nominated performances yes. in movies you know yes yes colin yes i mean that um, that felt mm-hmm. really like that to me feels and i'd seen another review about it where it was like in a year where so many things were not seen um you know that was a great way to kind of like show people why this performance was being nominated or why this movie was being nominated yeah let me see vanessa kirby in that courtroom scene god damn it you know uh. like i because you never like as far as just like that's the best ad- advertisement you have. Like I've I've been interested in you know your your interest is peaked because of seeing other things. Like that looks awesome. There was one animated movie. I don't know if maybe it's after you went to bed. Some animated movie that I've never heard of of this little girl like singing this incredible song like running up a mountain. I was like, what is that? Like they show the animated clips, but not like. I don't know. I would love to see like what what goes on behind the scenes of costume design or something like that, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's been the Oscars, but maybe it is where they've shown like for best screenplay, they'll kind of show the screenplay yes. while the scene is yes. playing out and you kind of see the translation of that. And I think that's really cool. I, you know, I... I I get that it was a different approach to kind of, you know, introduce each nominee with something about them and some piece of trivia, but... You know, that to me is kind of like Hollywood performing relatability. And it's like, if I want to learn like personal details about an actor, I'll read People magazine. I want to see like 15 seconds of Daniel Kaluuya in that movie. I want to see, you know, uh, 15 seconds of Frank McDormand, you know, pooping in her van in Nomadland, you know? (laughs) Uh, And so like, that's, you know, my personal preference, but... Uh, it was, I mean, I think probably the biggest, I mean, the biggest misstep that everybody's talked about and also probably the biggest shakeup and biggest topic for us to talk about on this podcast is, of course, best actor. I mean, listen, best supporting actress is important. We have a whole podcast about it. Maybe, yeah. you know, we'll we'll get to it, but I, I can't go a minute longer without saying, like, best actor... Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. I just, it's the definition of like, oh, y'all wanted a twist. Right? Where, we talked just briefly about it yesterday on the phone, but like, where do you, where do you sit with the whole, did they know that Anthony was going to win? 
and did they just want this to come last or did they really in their heart of hearts fully expect Chadwick Boseman to win and that's how they wanted to end the ceremony I think Where they, do you, I, it's it's hard to tell but go ahead yeah I think they expected Chadwick Boseman to win but I think regardless the idea of putting that at the end of the ceremony to like like you know bank on this moment we're going to end on this moment it just it felt to me like again this is so hollywood to be like oh my god we're going to have we're going to have the posthumous oscar and we're going to have the moments and you know his, his fiance or whatever will be there to give a tear you know a tear filled speech and it just felt a little like they were when you, when you think about it there's something like slightly exploitative about it and i think sure the impact of him winning or not winning, whatever, like, you know, the potential of that, I think would have been just as strong if it had come when it normally does, you know, when, when Best Actor is normally announced. And uh, I don't think they knew. And to be honest with you, I'm gl- because I feel like it was a little like, oh, it just doesn't sit right with me. Like the idea of, oh, this is going to be our big like fireworks at the end is is this. I'm glad it didn't happen only for that reason. And also because Jesus Christ, Anthony Hopkins and the father. Yeah, I, I agree on all fronts too. Like why not end with best picture as they normally would with like Francis McDormand howling at the moon. You know what I mean? Like that's the perfect way to end it. You know, it really is (laughs) like that would have been fine. And you still would have got the same impact. Like you said, if, if Chadwick would have won, I mean, he didn't, but like it was some cruel sort of twist of fates, I guess that like the Oscar producers didn't get what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, many people that like really wanted and believed that Chad Chadwick was going to win, didn't get what they wanted either. And it was truly a shock. I, I told you yesterday, I wish someone would have recorded. (laughs) Like, I feel like in moments in pop culture, that was like right up there with like Sasha Velour with the, with the Uh, rose petals. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Like, yeah. I just couldn't believe it was happening. And I just, I covered my mouth, both hands, and just sat at the edge of the couch for like a solid 30 seconds without, yeah. before coming to, because I, I was like, oh, what, what does this mean? And then it was the end. And then it's not like they faded to black, like instantly, but like Joaquin Phoenix was just like, well, he's not here. And uh, good night, everyone. Yeah. And then I... that was it. They didn't pan back to the audience. They didn't show anyone's reaction in the audience. I feel like everybody laughed. <laughs> I feel like no one was there anymore. I know, yes. Um, Except Glenn doing da butt in like the aisles, you know? Oh, God. I have to be da honest butt. with you. I still have not watched that clip. I can't bring myself to do it. <gasps> okay, I will say this. If, this. if this helps, like watch it only for like, you know, the sake of whatever Dublin Zoetrope has up his sleeve. Yes. For like, you know, for posting purposes or just like his podcast. But it's not as cringy as you think. Like it was obviously staged. They were playing mm-hmm. like a sort of like name that tune, and she does it really well. Where like she's like, "Ooh, I think I remember this," and then and it's very brief. She just gets out in the aisle, shakes her booty around, and like Daniel Kaluuya and the table like do well. It just like like no, everyone seemed to be enjoying it. It was really like a funny moment, and like Glenn needed a moment. She needed she some kind again. of moment because she did not win. Uh, in and neither did Maria. Let me just. <laughs> oh God! The, the sigh of relief. The next, because I when when no, I I knew that that night. Like I couldn't go to bed without watching that. And 
you know, I again, all of this is somewhat facetious. I have nothing against Maria. It's just a thing for me to be attached to. But uh, Yoo Jung Yoon uh, rightfully won the Oscar and gave us a great acceptance speech. Amen. I mean, honestly, like <clears throat> Brad Pitt's. Let's give him a lesson on like how to pronounce. I mean, yes. How many times have I like rehearsed? I think in Dublin, uh, Zoetrope's first podcast, he's been. He says, "I've said Yu Jung Yun so many times <clears throat> that it sounds like a spell." <laughs> so, he's like, "I feel like I'm I'm casting a spell. I've said it so many times." Um, but yes, and but also like I think he also butchered Maria Bakalova. It's he like did. he came very close to saying baklava or something like yeah. that, which is just he said. Bakalova, yeah, and I was like, <clears throat> Bakalova, oh. yes. Like, have I, I been and saying I'm... it wrong all this time? I know that isn't that funny. I was like, but I feel like Brad just like rolled out of bed and looked glamorous, of course. But uh, I'm glad it, it was really cute, like the whole interaction between Yoo Jung Young and and Brad, and just like I finally get to meet you, and a great speech. Couldn't ask for a better broad to win. Yeah, um, yeah, I feel good about happy. that. I feel very good about that. So it's yeah, and and you were right. Frank Frank won Best Actress. I was glad to see it. I really was. I were you. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings post ceremony? So I because I I did not find out the results. That you know, Best Picture. You oh know, yeah, Actress Actor until next morning, and you know I saw. You know, we got the Instagram message from Nina. Hi Nina. Uh, hey, Nina. You know, just saying. Oh my God, you guys! And I was like, oh. That could only mean one thing. There's only I one know. thing that means. And I was like, I, I, I can't believe it till I see it, you know? And uh, it's kind of like, you know, running to the window to see if you're going to have a snow day, you know? And like, oh, the yes. ground's covered, you know? And um, <laughs> and that's how I, you know, of course, found out about uh, Queen Anthony. But I was really, I was really honestly surprised that Frances McDormand won. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I I just not that I don't think she deserved it. I just didn't expect it. I I really thought Carrie Mulligan might win it. Um, I don't know. It's that it's that thing that idea of like oh you know Frank's got enough Oscars, but now she's got three Best Actress Oscars. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, that really is incredible. So uh, you know, watch your I'm back, Meryl. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't there? There was. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. There was like a, a little fact, and I, I might fumble with this, as the great Sydney Ellen Wade once said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she, so Anthony Hopkins and Frances McDormand, I think the first time it has to be for Fargo, I guess, because it wasn't three billboards. Mm-hmm. They also won lead actor and lead actress the same year, way back when. And I'm pretty sure I'm right with that. Like, the way that they said it in, like, a little, like, thing I saw on Instagram is, like, Anthony Hopkins and Frances McDormand are the only, like, dual winners that, like, repeated themselves so many years later. And I think the other, the only other two people who have done that were Tom Hanks and Jessica Lange. But I can't put together, like, what was going on in 1994 and 1995. You know what I mean? Because Tom Hanks is also, he only won two Oscars for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And maybe like 93, 94, maybe, or 94, 95. But I didn't think Jessica Lange won two consecutive Oscars. Does this all make sense or does none of it make sense? Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't think it was the same year because like Fargo was like 96 and Silence of the Lambs was oh. 91. Then what, um, is the, what is the fact that I'm trying to... 
I don't know. <laughs> to say. Yeah, I don't know because you know I'm, maybe I'll I'll dig into it. But sure, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't because I mean, I, yeah, Jessica Lange has an Oscar for uh, well, no, the Blue Sky and Tootsie. Uh, yeah, she was nominated for Francis. Yeah. yeah, Blue Sky and Tootsie, and Blue Sky was like ninety four, and yeah, I don't know what that factoid was, but. Uh, They've all got a bunch of Oscars between the two of them, so I think <laughs> yeah, you know, right. There's there's that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll report back next week, mm-hmm. or maybe someone's already typing me a DM right now. And in which case, thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, clarifying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, indeed, uh, congratulations, Frank, Anthony, Daniel, and Yoon. Yoo Jung Yoon. I'm 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 thrilled. I think it was as far as those four core people. Like I'm I'm very pleased with. Yeah, I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I mean, and trying to think of anything else that kind of stuck out in my mind. I Amanda Seyfried was just so beautiful. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Every time they panned to her up in that little corner with Mm. her like red dress, just yeah. Same with Carrie Mulligan. They were like perfect mirrors of each other. Yeah, Um, absolutely. She was like in the backdrop of like every. I'm I'm excited for Emerald Fennell winning Mm -hmm. best original screenplay. I think that's great. Um, That made sense to me. I almost felt like the same reason I was thinking Carrie Mulligan would win best actress. I think it makes sense that. Promising Young Woman won Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, yeah, I was I was excited for that. I will say, and I've I've felt this way. I haven't seen the movie yet, but just from like some of the promo photos and and certainly seeing him that night. But like Riz Ahmed, oh my god, I I need to see it. I need uh, to. He, he is a dreamboat. He is a dreamboat. Ah, oh, I can't even stand it. I know it's it's. It's almost too much, <laughs> yeah. really. Like, he's so dapper and charming, and like, I don't even know. Yeah, unassuming, and just he's just a a rare specimen. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I certainly appreciated that. There was a, there was that whole thing on the red carpet of him fixing his wife's hair. Uh, yes, I saw op. that too. Oh, uh, what a no- sweet. The way she like looked at him while he did that, I was like, "Oh, you lucky bitch!" (laughs) I know. Oh my Uh, gosh. Well, it's so cute. He's great. He's great. So, so yeah. I mean, that is the conclusion of award season. So uh, we're gonna have to bring some new topics to the best supporting after show. I have some ideas. And they revolve around yeah. games. A couple of games. Ooh, we've talked, I love games. We talked about this a bit. Uh, I think off air, we talked about some potential. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's which which weast is it? I think that was. Uh, oh that yeah, was one. yeah. Which yes. weast? Uh, so uh, you know, stay tuned for that. I have some ideas. Stay tuned. I'm excited for that. I had a question for you, Colin. Not necessarily a game, but in your mind, or in your mind, I don't know why I started it out that way. In your opinion, I'll say, we've seen every, minus the Tonys, we've seen every award show happen. Who did it the best? Like, what was the best pandemic award show in your eyes? Maybe even like a top three. If you want to rank, I'm, I'm just talking about, we'll just say the Globes, the Emmys, the Oscars. I guess those are like the three. Yeah. If you want I, to put the Grammys in there. I know you didn't really watch the Grammys, but uh, but go ahead. I didn't. I would say was it the was it the Emmys where there was the Shits Creek tent in Canada? Was that yes. the Emmys? Yes. yes I yes, think yes, yes. that in particular the Shits Creek tent in Canada for the for the Emmys was 
peak pandemic award season. I think that was they did it perfectly and gave me everything yeah. I needed and it wasn't weird and 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 of course, you know, we got to see, you know, everybody win. Like I think that was really the cream of the crop. I would say honestly, even though the Oscars were kind of boring, I think they had the right idea and mm-hmm. I think that the Golden Globes I feel like kind of faltered for me. Yeah, absolute disaster. What's the line from uh, Devil Wears Prada where she gives that like smirk when they're like presenting the line of clothes? Catastrophe. That's what yeah. It's. Yes, I, I think of that. It. I just. I think you know. It's almost like uh, it, it. It comes down to certain elements between the Oscars and the Golden Globes, but like, I just think the Oscars had the better plan going in. Sure, I I would agree with that. I. I mean. <laughs> I loved the Golden Globes for, like, all it's worth just because of, like, the chaos that ensued. Like, Laura Dern, like, shooing someone, like, and not knowing she's on camera. Oh. Tracy Tracy Morgan, like, messing up. What did he say? Sal. Sal. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Jason Sudeikis I, being stoned in a hoodie. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for all of its... <sighs> It's troubles. I still had a really good time at the Globes. I don't. I don't know why. Maybe I just had you know just enough to drink. But mm. um, but if I was yeah. to rank them, go ahead. Go ahead they, yeah. they were certainly more entertaining, if if even sometimes for the wrong reasons. Yes. Yes, I would say Emmys, Globes, Oscars. To be honest, but I just for the sake of saying something different, also. But I think that I had more fun at the Globes, um, although. Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor was almost just enough. Like, by a hair, it's, like, Mm. third place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't get over it. I can't get over that he won, and I'm so glad. So happy for him. And we were just so prepared for, like, well, you know, any other year he would win. And, you know, it's not I know. Chadwick Boseman shouldn't. It's just, oh, Anthony Hopkins is so good. And it just, like, yeah, I... Uh, it just happened. It just it happened. Um, as Anne Hathaway said, it happened. So, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that's um, that's awards season, folks. That's a, that's our yeah. awards, and and hopefully, we will look back on all of these award shows, no matter how successful, as a singular experience. You know, it won't be like this yes. again next year. There won't be any yeah. of this bullshit. And uh, exactly. I feel like no matter what, Frank McDormand's still going to wear a mask at the Oscars next year just because. Yes, please. Oh, the shots of her just sitting there in the mask. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, Frank would of still wear the mask. Is. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, a Chloe Fineman skit on or just like a sort of video of she's playing Frances McDormand on on her Instagram that you should check out. It's really I good. I saw it. I didn't watch it. I, saw, I just saw it in the feed. I'll go back and watch. I don't know why. Yeah, it's it. worth it. It's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. Um, well, that, of course, brings us to our final segment of the of the episode, uh, BSA of the Week, uh, which, of course, is uh, a performance or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week. Um, yeah. What do you got? I have one nominee and one BSA of the week. And my one nominee for, or my, yeah, two two weeks in a row, I believe I mentioned this last week, is Dublin Zodrop's podcast. He's only put out two episodes, but I am so hooked. And I just think he, he 
he packs so much into those 17 minutes. And I don't know if you've listened to the second episode or even the first one for that matter. But I envy you for not listening to it because I wish I could experience it again for the first time. I don't know what it is. I just think like I am like under his spell. And I, I just feel like it is the podcast that I've been waiting for as like a a fellow podcaster, a fellow gay man and a, fo- a fellow like, you know, a lover of women and actresses and like all the references that he's making are just pitch perfect. And he talked a lot about um, imposter syndrome or um, uh, this week and when another topic as well too, but he talked about like his own writing and how like he wishes he could write more. And he thinks that he's like his own insecurities. He's, he's being very vulnerable, I guess, which I always appreciate. And I just, I just love it. So that's my nominee. Why? For some reason, it's like, and I was looking for something to listen to this morning. Well, I had the good vanilla Ooh. to listen to this morning, but oh, I appreciate uh, that. Yes, yes, of course. But I uh, was like, oh, you know, trying to find some more things to listen to, and I keep forgetting uh, to listen to his podcast. But this is great because now I have two to listen to. Um, oh, uh, it's yes. I'm very excited. I will have updates as of next week. I will listen to it. Okay. I'll send it to you at least by Sunday or something <laughs> as Perfect. a reminder. Yeah, good yes. enough. Yeah. Uh, um, how about you? Do you have one or any nominees at all? I just have one. I just have my BSA of the week. Uh, so okay. my BSA of the week, and sometimes I, I feel like lately they've been correlating with the Matreon episodes on All Right, Mary, but it's just that's also what I've been yeah, kind of consuming. Yeah, your mind, yeah. Yeah, and so we recently did, uh, among we talked about a bunch of things in this episode, but we we did a sort of quick recap discussion of an episode of a TV show called Kath and Kim from Australia that yeah. I, I have been obsessed with this show for years. Like I, I discovered it or someone, you know, showed me it when I first studied abroad in Australia in 2006. And it was just like formative of, of like my whole experience there. And it's, it's such, I mean, it, you know, it's sort of beloved in Australia. Like it's, you know, I, I, I don't know even know what I would compare it to, but like, to the level like abfab or no? I feel like it, it's certainly you know I would say abfab, but it's like to the point of like the way people love Friends, like everybody loves Kath and Kim. Okay, and love it. uh, and it's all this like brilliant parody of like the suburbs of Melbourne and and this mother and her daughter. It's it's so good. It's so funny, and so we did an episode of that, and I just kind of then got into the Kath and Kim rabbit hole and watching Kath and Kim bloopers on YouTube, which are, you know, there's those things whenever you're feeling down, it's like, I just need to put (laughs) something on and this is perfect. So I am, I am, I highly recommend it's on Netflix. You certainly it helps to be Australian to get a lot of the references, but overall it's just, I think of it as just like really high, like suburban mom drag. And so from that lens, it's very accessible. Um, it's great. So I highly recommend it. That is my BSA of the week that has been getting me through some st- stressful days at work is, uh, in particular, some, some Kath and Kim bloopers. Beautiful. Um, is that available on a streaming platform or is it something you have to buy through, you know, like Amazon? Like, how would one view that? It is very accessible on Netflix. Oh, yay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you nice. know, I think yeah, I think there's like three or four seasons on there. And like at least the first three seasons are all oh so good. Yeah. Maybe I will start by watching the episode that you covered and then go from there. Yeah. I think you'll I think you'll like it. I think you'll definitely I know you'll appreciate <laughs> I'm excited. it. Yeah. I think you'll yeah. really enjoy it. Lovely. 
Uh, my BSA of the week is Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I I really it brought me so much joy. I was I had so much energy. Like as I was cleaning up like the snacks that we were feasting upon. Mm. Um, I sent you a picture of those. Oh snacks. yes, it was, it was a great spread. Those little crescent um, rolls, yeah. <laughs> little crescent rolls. You're like, tell me about those. Yeah, I want to know um, about this. <laughs> Yes, but it it just it truly was like a surprise. I felt like I won an Oscar, and I I the joy and um, I I think like a companion piece to that BSA of the week is Anthony Hopkins sort of acceptance speech in Wales, like the next day, just like on a hillside, and um you know somewhat pulled together. Maybe it it was like it seemed like it was the morning, and he was he lets out this like grunt. He's like ugh. I yeah. just never thought I'd win or something like that. I just it's it's very cute. I love him so much and I just love the fact that he is he was maybe blissfully unaware and sleeping as he won, you know, his second Oscar at the ripe old age of 83. I just yeah. love him. The oldest Oscar winner ever. Yeah. Ugh. I, yeah. I know I I I I'll share that BSA. I feel like he is uh I have such a deeper appreciation for Anthony Hopkins. I feel like for years mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, he's just this like old English actor, blah, 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 Hannibal Lecter, all these other things I haven't seen. And like, I just, between the father and just, I don't know, Anthony Hopkins appreciation. I'm like, ugh, I, you know, I've been, I've been, I would underselling that guy. Yeah. We've been sleeping on him. I've been Mm -hmm. sleeping on Anthony. Yeah. So, uh, so congratulations, Queen Anthony. We love you. Yes, we really do. Well, you know, much like the Oscars and much unlike our main stage episodes, uh, we do not get played off on these after shows. We leave when we want to. So, uh, we do. yeah. And, uh, not that I want to leave, but I need to leave. So I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of this episode is just watching you vamp. And I just sit here and don't say anything on purpose. <laughs> um, well, I got my purse. I got, got my, purse. my, got you my know, keys. I'm ready <laughs> got to my go. Keys. Vroom, vroom. Time to go. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye.